Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and get this party started. Partay, startayed. Uh, is that what this is? Uh, it's yeah, just a party. I feel good about it. You got a question to preemptively strike upon us, or you just want to jump into it? Nah, I wanna, I wanna get you out of here. Uh, and also, oh, fuck, I gotta wake up. Oh my god. Yeah, I also have to do that. So, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get this show on the road. Hello. I'm joking. I'm not gonna do that. Go ahead. Are you sure you don't want to host? Step all over you. No, I know I do that a lot, but it's just like sometimes I just get this urge, and I can't. I, maybe I have a tick. That's what it is. I just can't control it. Yeah, pretty sure a hosting tick. <laughs> what uh, control? <laughs> I have to be in control. <laughs> That's fair. Do you have like a like Lyme disease? Is that that, that was pertaining uh, to ticks? Like the I animal? fucking hate you. Goddamn start <laughs> fucking podcast. The animal? Jesus hell. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, this top, or not this topic, but the topic this week, uh, it's going to be a fun game that one of our listeners, patrons, Discord members, you know, the like, uh, suggested to us. Uh, we actually kind of played this game in our Discord uh, about two weeks ago, maybe three. Um and since then, I've been thinking that this would be a great topic for us to kind of discuss. Uh, but, you know, there's also going to be some talk about some big name movies that are currently in the theaters, such as The Green Knight and The Suicide Squad. Uh, there will be several games talked about, including... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! This That's is just where, where the fucking <laughs> this is where it goes off the rails. God damn it! See, oh I, shit! This is what happens when I wait on you guys to fill out the outline because I write my intro based on what you guys had written. I had my whole outline finished, and then when we postponed last week's podcast, I had to go back and re-update it because of what, you know, what I acquired in that time. And then I didn't put anything until just now. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Uh, part of this is on me. I should have like, uh, um, I should have double checked my intro before launching into it. Well, you uh, just stopped and I was like, why did he stop? And then I look over where the little <laughs> marker of yours is and I'm like, there's nothing fucking there. There's nothing there. <laughs> oh boy. Well, anyway, I am of course your host, the one and only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined as almost always by my two co-hosts, Dylan making it up, Martin and Austin as I go along, Stevens. How's it going today? I'm tired. It's great. It's uh, funny that those are the nicknames because I, I finished my part of the main topic literally like a couple hours ago. Yep, I figured as much. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> Very tired. 
<laughs> Same. Um, the reason that I'm tired is because we stayed up ultra late last night watching a show that I'm going to talk about next week. Um, <laughs> I was expecting you to just jump right into it. And I was like, oh, okay. But nope, it's next week. Nope, next week. Um, but this week, I watched... Well, technically, this was like two weeks ago because we had to skip last week for some reasons. Um, scheduling conflicts. Yeah, but, we're uh, all famous. We got lives. We can't, you know, it's hard yeah. to get us all in the same room. We're so famous. Yeah. The most famous, really. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a better podcast. It's true. Which is why you should share this one with all of your friends. <laughs> Nails uh, as if the, you know, if, plug. Yeah, I mean, if they didn't already know about it, I mean, I'd be shocked if they didn't. But if the, you know, you know, you don't think they know about it, just pass it along. You're really just not a true along. gamer until you've listened to Hunting Pixels. Yes, this and is 100 percent accurate. Right, make the rules. Yeah, we, we just follow. enforce them. Yeah, that's it. We do enforce them. Uh, but yeah, I watched The Green Knight. Um, that's you the guys one know where they're in a prison, right? Uh yeah yeah with uh Michael Clark Duncan yes isn't he still alive uh I believe so yeah right and he has a mouse or something yep 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 nailed it and uh and that mouse lives the entire movie as does that he mouse probably lived longer than he did <laughs> wow <laughs> Dude, he well anyway well holy shit oh my god so um. The Green Knight is the new movie from David. Uh, oh shit! What's his last name? Baker. No, that's not okay. it. Um, <laughs> David Lowry. That's it. Uh, David Lowry is the guy behind one of my favorite indie films of the last probably ten years, uh, A Ghost Story. Um, if you haven't seen that, I really highly recommend it. Um, he was also the director of uh, Pete's Dragon, that uh, I semi live action. Uh, it, it's like the Jungle Book, so like real actors, but like CGI, whatever. Mm. Anyway, for for Disney, um, there's some other stuff that he's done, but uh, those are the the big ones that people would actually know. Uh, but yeah, so and this is based on the old uh, King. Arthur poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, uh, which I read in high school and is one of my favorite like epics uh, from, you know, Gilgamesh and, uh, you know, Beowulf, stuff like that. Um, I really loved this poem. And so I went into this having seen the trailer and knowing David Lowry, and I was expecting to absolutely love this movie. And to an extent, I do. Uh, I think that this movie is fucking gorgeous to look at. Like, it has stellar cinematography, uh, I mean, across the board. Like, you can, you look at these just absolutely stunning, wide-open vistas. Uh, I think they filmed this in Ireland. And, like, 
there's this one shot in particular that really stands out to me. And this, again, this is something that like I pointed out with a quiet place and I've pointed out with, uh, probably stranger things, but like this really is something that I specifically love. So it won't necessarily work for everybody, but there's this one shot where you see Dev Patel and everything is like backlit and it's just silhouettes and just shadows and it's Dev Patel running across the screen on this, on uh, like the moors. And it is just really, really fucking beautiful. Uh, but not only is the cinematography great, it really uses colors in a really nice way. Uh, this is something that has come up again on the podcast the last couple of weeks. Like there has been for the longest time, just this, dirge of or dearth uh, uh, i don't remember which one is the correct word i'm trying to use yeah i'm a fan of girth so let's go with that okay we'll go with girth yes um of movies that just all look the fucking same like like action movies had this like michael bay kind of like orange and teal kind of like blandness to them and then you get the CG, like, Marvel movies that are all, like, gray. Like, everything is, like, just toned down. But, like, this, the the colors are really vibrant, and they pop, and they're in your face. Like, there's this one scene that takes place underwater, and it's just red. Everything's just fucking red. And I, it was, like, beautiful, man. Like, I don't know. I I'm really excited that people are starting to be like, oh yeah, we can use colors, guys. Yeah. Um, it just makes your movie look better. It makes it look different. Like, I don't know. Um, the one knock against it, I guess, is that some of the CGI doesn't work really the best. Like, it kind of makes it feel more like a fairy tale, which is cool, but it doesn't necessarily, like, look good, like, aesthetically pleasing. If that makes sense. Um, but the the acting is incredible. Everyone here is fucking awesome. Dev Patel is especially great. I mean, I've kind of followed his career since he did um, what's the uh, the Bollywood movie um, Slumdog Millionaire, and because uh, I thought he was great in that and I just kind of followed him or whatever. And he's, he's a consistently good actor, but this is like probably his best performance. He, I mean, he is excellent in this. Um, really? I, I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm saying a bunch of good things and like, I really want to like this movie, but I think it's going to take a second watch for me to, uh, to see whether or not I actually like it because upon the first viewing, I had no fucking clue what this movie was about. And that really bothers me uh, because, you know, I get on here and I'm the, the pretentious film nerd or whatever, who's trying to like find hidden meanings and like, you know, reach into the subtext of the film and shit like that. Right. Like I'm the one who's actively trying to do that. And the fact that like, I can't crack this movie fucking is like breaking my brain. Um, and the thing is like, I understand the plot. I understand everything that's going on. I love, I love the poem. Uh, and the movie kind of starts 
and ends in the exact same, well, not the exact same, but like it kind of starts and kind of ends in the similar spots to where the poem does. But like the middle part of the movie is, I don't remember at all. And it feels like it's just created completely new. And those sequences, I don't know what they add at all. And because of that and because of like other things, I don't really understand what the point of the movie is. And that really hurts the overall experience for me. Um, I say go check this movie out because it's an indie movie. And these are the kinds of movies that need to make more fucking money. Like just period. Uh, don't, Stop going to go see fucking Marvel movies. I know that they're fun or whatever. Go see this shit instead. E- even if you end up hating it, like like this is something that I said about Drive back in uh, like 2010, 2011. Even if you end up hating the movie, that's okay. Because maybe it wasn't meant for you to like it. But somebody else who may have never seen that movie ever will love it. And that'll be their favorite movie of all time. And like, I don't know. I'm going on a weird rant now, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the green Knight. Um, um, it's really funny that like, uh, well, I mean, it's not funny. You talked about it in the discord. Um, when you first saw the movie and like talked about how you really liked it and everything, everybody I know that's seen it, which is actually a surprising number of fucking people. Uh, I've all said that they really fucking liked it, except for one person. And the contrast is just fucking hilarious. You just uh, said fuck three times in one minute. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm way <laughs> on this episode. I'm pretty sure I've said fuck like five times at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's not good. No, it's not happening. Uh but so my brother uh saw this movie Saturday night. He was talking to me and because uh, I ran into him at the mall and he was like, Yeah, I'm, going to see the green knight and my brother is a, a he's a a good old fashioned backwoods southern boy and so when he told me he was going to see the green knight i was like mm, i don't know if you're the demographic for that film my guy but i i wasn't going to say anything i was just going to let him watch it and he watched it and he texted me quote quote unquote that movie was a complete waste of time do not go see it it was horrible there was zero action and barely any talking either it just sucked ass <laughs> oh okay okay right. uh, and the reason why i read it like that is because there there was no punctuation in that text message at all mm. but just I, imagine if all movie reviews were like that <laughs> well, honestly just like like I, I don't know. I just thought that was super fucking funny. It's uh well, I don't know. I'll check it out. I've been looking forward to the sequel to The Dark Knight for a while, so we'll see. Yeah. And moving on. Yeah. Uh well, your PS5 has arrived, Dylan. What the fuck? Why would you jump it? What 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 why would you jump? Austin. What do you mean? Why did you jump Austin? Uh, I mean, I can go to Austin if you want me to. No, you already started Dylan. Go to Dylan. Oh, man. Because I know I he like, doesn't like change, and I want it to change, so go to him. I <laughs> am fine with most change. I just hate the rest of it. Anyway, um, hey, guys, I got a PS5, and 
I got a PS5 like midway through my vacation last week. So the last half of my vacation was fucking phenomenal. The first half, I don't remember it. Um, I'm sorry that I waited so long to jump to jump on this. Um, I was going to say bandwagon, but that's not it. I... It's not that I had low expectations going into this, but you know, hearing you guys talk about it for the past X amount of months that you've had one, it's it's kind of accumulated on top of me. Um, both of you on top of me have accumulated, and it just it kept adding. Like every time you would you would talk about a game or your experiences on it, it it just kind of went into the back of my mind, but I never forgot. And then at some point in the past couple of weeks, or it really I've been looking for about the better part of a month. Um, and I, and I had no luck guys like target.com every morning. Like I work for target. I know when our trucks get acknowledged. So I know when to go and refresh our page to hopefully be able to order one. Even with that being said, the biggest smack in the face is having my girlfriend who also works there. Send me a Snapchat of motherfucking PlayStation fives going up to the front and they're like, Hey, guess how many PS fives we just picked. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've been refreshing for the past 30 minutes. I can never find one. Um, I don't know what the algorithm or what the process is that allows, you know, I don't know if it's all bots that are getting it. I don't know if people are lucky enough to get it themselves. I have no idea. I've been looking for a long time. And finally I said, fuck it. Uh, I'm no longer going through target. I got really desperate guys. I was almost to the point where I was willing to pay and just an extraordinary amount of money and just to have one. But luckily I didn't have to do that. Um, I found one on Craigslist and I risked getting shanked for it. And I'm okay with that. I did not have to pay a stupid amount of money. I actually only paid 600 bucks for it. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, and it's brand fucking new, brand new out of the box, still, still sealed. Um, and it, it's, it was a fucking magical experience, man. Um, like the second I booted it up, like I could just tell. I mean, it. You said this was it. Yeah, um, I was really blown away with the performance on this console. That's coming from someone who has the PC rig that they have with a 3080 strapped with an i9 processor inside of it. When I booted up the PS5, my jaw dropped. Um, first game I played was Ratchet and Clank, which I will talk about later but truly an astounding console. Like I really wanted an Xbox one X as well, but because I have the PC, I don't really need it because I can play the Microsoft exclusives on there. So the PS five is where it was at for me. And I'm telling you, man, like I think I said it just a few minutes ago. I wish I would have jumped on this a lot sooner than I did because I'm having a lot of fun with it. The problem I see with it, I think Josh you may have been the one to say it is that once I think I've pretty much purchased all the exclusives I can. And outside of that, there's, I can see what you mean when you say there's not really a whole lot of reason to own one right now, mm-hmm. because outside of the exclusives, I mean, it's kind of bare bones. Of course you can still play things from the PS4. Um, but I have a PS5 for a reason. Like I want that power. I want the performance. I want the new games, the new exclusives, stuff like that. So, um, I actually wound up trading in my Xbox One X because I just have no use for it anymore. You know what I mean? Like I 
had been using it up until I got the PS5 simply because I had a nice new TV that I wanted to try out and I was having a pretty good time with it. But once I got the PS5, I was like, let's just trade it in. And I went to GameStop where miraculously with the games that I traded in, I got like 250 bucks back. That's pretty fucking great. Um, I'll take that. Huh? Their trade credit is nowhere near as bad as people really make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, the games that I traded in, like, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot back for it, but I also didn't trade in a lot of games with it. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what bought me up to the 250. And then I just turned around and I bought a lot of, uh, you know, PSN cards, like the, the, the currency or whatever. And so I went home and I bought uh, Ratchet and Clank. I got Demon Souls. I got the Spider-Man um, Miles Morales bundle. So I got the original remaster with it. I have Final Fantasy VII Remastered. I went ahead and downloaded Apex just because I'm an idiot and I need to waste more time. Um, and I got The Last of Us Part Two, And Ghost of Tsushima I will pick up next week, I believe. So and that's just because I have a little bit of uh, money left over from it. But um, all that said, and I, I'll talk about it later because I, I really want to dive into Ratchet & Clank, but it moved into my top five games of all time. Just like the PS five gave me some brand new experience that I never thought I would have. Like, I don't know if I told you guys through text or not, if I told someone else, but I could not put ratchet and clank down. And when I sit like it, it jumped dude, like it just blew past everything else. And I mean, it's in my top five somewhere of all time. I remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, if our top five has changed or not, well now it has. <laughs> And it's such a good game, man. Um, and I can't wait to see what kind of doors the PS5 just overall opens for me. But I'm I'm loving it. It's it's I f- I almost feel like a kid again. Like I've not had this kind of feeling towards gaming, even when I got the PC. Like I don't have the feeling I have now with the PS5. I don't know what that says about me, other than I like to have a good time. Um, maybe, and I'm I don't think I'm like neither here nor there. I'm not a PC gamer. I'm not a console gamer. I'm just a gamer, but this is the, this is the first time in a long while where I can, I don't want to make it sound like somber or anything, but like that I can genuinely remember being happy playing a game. Like I was smiling. I was having a good time. I was showing Sabrina different things. Like I've not had that kind of experience in a long time. And the PS five delivered it for me, man. Um, I, I keep saying it, but I hate that I waited so long to get it. But I also don't, maybe it's like the perfect situation, right? Like I would have not been able to find it for the past eight months type of thing. So the fact that I've just recently started looking and within a month I was able to find it, like maybe it was just perfect situation, but I'm impressed, thoroughly impressed. And I'm having a ton of fun. Um, even, even when I, we hop off the podcast, like I got to wake up like five hours after that but i'm still gonna try and play at least like an hour of miles morales or something i'll just fuck my health at this point right like (laughs) like that's what i'm saying like it kind of rekindles that um the fun and the excitement of staying up super late when i was younger and just gaming all throughout the night i kind of have that excitement back and again i will uh, say again like i i haven't had this feeling in a long time it's like work has just burned me out so much that I come home and I boot up the PC and I was like, fine, you know, I'm just like, let's play something for a little bit. But this one I can come home, eat, shower, and then it's in the bedroom. So I can just go lay on the bed and play on the TV and it's just great. And I, I feel good, man. So super excited. I'm ready to play some games with you guys on there. But um, best thing to enter my life in a long time, man. I'm, 
I can genuinely say this is the first time I've been happy in a long while. I'm very jealous that you got the you got the physical. The 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 one I, with the disk drive. Oh, holy shit. I don't know why. I was like, I did not get a physical. Um, I thought you were like, hey, doctor fondled your balls, you lucky bitch. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. No. Um, yeah, so really it was up in the air, man. Like yeah. I was trying to find a digital because of, I didn't necessarily care one way or the other. I was just looking for a PS5. Um, but every time I tried to find a digital, shit was like 700 and up, and I was not doing that. Yeah, I. I'm still yeah. probably gonna buy all digital. Like I bought Miles Morales physical just because it was there, um, but all the other games that I listed just a few minutes ago, they're all digital. I'm like I, I'm super glad I was able to get one. Like I'm not regretting buying one at all. But I'm just like mm, it would have been really cool if I like didn't have to sell all of those physical games and rebuy them digitally. That would have been fucking sweet. Yeah. So okay, so you do have the digital. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I got the digital one because I I think I had, I think physically the only games I had were God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, which weren't terrible because those were like ten bucks on the fucking shop. So I was like, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, but then fucking Final Fantasy VII remake wasn't on sale, so I, I still haven't actually bought that. Um, and then I had to sell fucking Persona 5 and buy the digital oh, shit. Yeah. I really wish that I because now the fucking steelbook is uh, if you, to buy the steelbook brand the steelbook version brand new it's like fucking 90 bucks I was like, where did you buy yours from uh, somebody in the discord oh yeah wait it was uh, Gil Beasy. oh okay I think I remember that what, it is. what, uh, what about you Josh where did you get yours was it yours from the PlayStation uh, store uh, Best Buy Oh, Best Buy. Wow. See, I had everything on my browser pulled up. I had it saved for each specific retailer. Mm-hmm. Best Buy, Target, Walmart, um, just fucking everything, right? And I would, I would 5, 5.30 every morning, I'm sitting here clicking refresh on all of them, and I never found it. So it's pretty cool you got yours from Best Buy. Do you know why Gil Beasy sold his? Uh uh, he's a he's an Xbox boy. Yeah, he, he likes the Xbox, but also I think he had said that there wasn't really anything like there for like a lot going for it yeah yeah that's understandable though i was like super fine with the playstation 5 simply because like all the big uh i guess exclusives from the ps4 generation that are you know critically acclaimed and everybody raves about i had never i still haven't played like 95 percent of them and the cool thing is that a lot of them are getting ps5 upgrades like last of us part two god of war Mm-hmm. stuff like that so um that's something i'm excited about as well because i didn't know they were doing the whole i can download a whole fucking catalog of stuff from yep. the past gen that's really cool man you get 20 games um, for free yeah and god of war is one of them it's on the list like i have 20 games to complete this year and i feel like a lot of them are about to come from the playstation man uh vanilla persona 5 is in that list too yep I'm not going to lie to you. So the PlayStation summer sale has is happening. I was about to say has started, but it's actually, mm-hmm. I think, nearing the end. Um, one of the items that came up was Persona 5 Strikers, and I looked at it, and that kind of got me to go back to look at the actual Persona 5, and it doesn't necessarily seem like something I would be interested in, but inevitably, I think I will wind up giving it a shot just because I I can see 
why people get so attached to it and why they get as addicted as they are. I understand. I don't seem to be, it's kind of like what you were saying about your brother. Mm. It's like, I don't seem like the target demographic, but I don't hate anime. I grew up with it. Um, I didn't grow up. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I watched it. I can appreciate what it is. I just don't have like, uh, any type of attraction to it as of right now, Mm. but I can definitely see where the um, like the overall enticing nature of Persona 5 comes from. It looks kind of cool, and I like that you can just kind of d- delve into it and just have mindless fun with it, it seems like. So maybe on the horizon, definitely. As of soon, probably not. But um, it's definitely on the list. So it's kind of funny you said that. <laughs> it's very good. And, I mean, for free, like... That's another thing I'm trying to do, too. Like, uh, I redeemed all the games from that, like, 20-game collection, and I was like, mm, I really need to sit down and play, like, 90% of these. Yeah, and that's my issue is that I have all these games to play. Josh, I'm so sorry that I'm just fucking rambling. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I have all these games to play, but with ADD, it's very hard for me to find... I guess just to focus in order to do it because it's like, I'll start playing something, but then it's not even getting distracted. I think people think of that as like the common misconception behind it is that we get distracted. It's not, it's like we lose motivation really quickly too. So we'll start something and we'll be hyper fixated on it. But then all of a sudden, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, That's my fucking issue. But I'm really trying to dial that in. Um, cause I'm 30 fucking years old now and (laughs) (laughs) I I can't be, (laughs) I can't be this jumbled mess of just fuckery that I've been for the past 29 years of my life. Like I turned 30 last week and it's like, okay, time, time to get my shit together. <laughs> so, um, that starts with video games. Woo. 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 Video games. Woo. Yay. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. PS five. I am glad that you're enjoying it. I really enjoy mine. Yeah, dude. It's Same. super fun. Hope we can all play some shit later. Yes, sir. I'm down. Um, well, all right. Uh, with that said, let's uh, let me talk about my two things real quick before um, we hop to you, Dylan. These two middle things. What? Um, not not Dylan. Austin. Oh shit! I was like, Josh, we can have anything else. (laughs) Um, I'm only going to talk about one. I'm not going to talk about the other one. Okay, all right. Um, So I watched The Lady in the Dale. Um, This is on HBO Max. Uh, I'm not sure if it's an HBO Max original or if it's just an HBO original, but uh, it's this really interesting documentary about Elizabeth Carmichael, who, if you are unaware. Uh, became super famous in the 70s for trying to build a car company, and their product was this three-wheeled car called the Dale. Um, so I really enjoyed this documentary, like, a lot. Uh, so it's sequenced really well. So, like, it um, starts uh, at, like, the at the very beginning of Elizabeth's story, uh, telling about her, uh, life growing up as Jerry, uh, a man. And, um, then going into her, um, uh, becoming a woman and then 
uh, eventually starting the the company, the Dale or not the Dale. Uh, it was uh, the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation. Um, and uh, just the way that it sequences is really nice. It's only, I think, four episodes long. Um, I could be completely wrong about that. I, I'm, it might be six, but, uh, I, I feel like I remember it being four anyway. Um, so each episode is based on pretty much one specific thing, like one specific topic. And it really goes in deep on that topic. Um, and I, I really like that. I, and each episode even like it leads into the next. And that's something that like, uh, I, you know, I was talking about, I didn't like the, the way that the editing or not necessarily the editing, but the sequencing for, uh, the ruthless aggression documentary was like, I didn't, I was not a fan of that. Right. Well, um, the editing with this, like it, it sequenced really well, but the editing isn't exactly the best. Like some of the episodes drag on. I felt like for way too long. I mean, and this could also possibly be that like I wasn't or like I was watching it at night. So like it was, you know, time for me to go to bed and, you know, I need to get my sleep. And, you know, that's why this is, you know, whatever. But I also remember watching one episode when I was like, I wasn't, you know, completely exhausted. And I was like, God damn, dude, how long is this episode lasting? Like, this is this has been going on for a while. Is it is it planning on wrapping up anytime soon? Um so and, and like that's not gonna be necessarily a thing that like everybody uh feels like is the problem, right? But it was a problem for me. Um and uh, another thing, I, I put this with editing in my notes because, you know, compositing um, is definitely a part of editing, even though it's like the visual effects part. Um, the, a lot of the the show is made with these sort of like, I, I don't want to call them interstitials because that's not the correct word, but like it, it has this sort of like paper book, like, like picture book-esque sort of thing uh i'm not really sure how to describe it but imagine south park but not south park (laughs) um and i don't think that they necessarily work really well outside of the first episode because in that first episode um like you're getting the backstory for elizabeth and, and all of that stuff and uh it works because it it is kind of like a, a fairy tale almost. Um, so I really loved the first two episodes of this show. Uh, the third one was fine, but I kind of felt like the fourth one lost a little bit of the plot to me because it was no longer about really anything to do with the plot that had happened up to that point. Um, if any of that makes sense. And I I feel like towards the end, it, it kind of brings up the idea of her transness and uses it to downplay the fact that 
pretty much her entire life, she was a criminal <laughs> of some sort and kind of tries to make it like she's a folk hero. And like, I don't think that that like is necessarily okay. Like, yeah, she was a trans person and like, and it, it makes a very good point to point out that like she was really kind of persecuted because she was a trans woman and like that's super not okay. But th there's this weird dichotomy that it tries to walk that I don't think it does successfully where it's like it outright says transis had nothing to do with covering up her crimes when she had lived as a man. So like when she was, uh, was doing all the stuff in her earlier days or whatever. But then it like explicitly or well, it not explicitly, it implicitly says that, had she grown up in more accepting times, she wouldn't have been a criminal, which kind of doesn't make sense and actually links the ideas of her being trans and the fact that she was a crim criminal together. And that's a really bad point because it, it, she was trans and she was a criminal. Those two things do not intersect at all. Like, and like, it, except for the fact that, you know, there the the guy who kind of like caught her in the lie was kind of going after her for not so great reasons and was like just a real fucking prick and a real asshole uh, about like like he would go on on air and call her a man and like I I don't know like that guy was an asshole but. I don't know. I don't think that linking the two things together was a great point for them to make, especially when they went back on what they were trying to point out. Um, but overall, I liked the hell out of it. I mean, I've got minor gripes, but like I thought it was a heck of a docuseries. Uh, you know, the story is really intriguing and Elizabeth Carmichael as a person is a really intriguing person. And, uh, I'm really glad that I watched this because I learned a lot. And um, see, that's my thing, man, because I'm really getting into this whole hundred foot wave docuseries. And I feel like that's kind of the next chapter in my life of things that I can actually sit down and watch are docuseries like this. Where did you say this one was? Uh, at? HBO. Uh, that's HBO yeah. Max. Okay, that's fucking perfect because that's where hundred foot wave is. So after I finish that, it's just probably on to something like this. If not this, um, I don't know, man. I've really started to enjoy docu-series and everything that you said kind of entices me a little bit. It's not really a topic that I thought that I would enjoy. Um, but n like I said, I've not really followed surfing my whole life either. So I guess the same thing could have been said to that. Um, I do have an attraction to extreme sports, so maybe that's why that's there. But this one's something that just sounds enticing in its own way. And the fact that you said you learned a lot, that kind of just exemplifies why I even watch docu-series in the first place. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing I, I'm not a car guy, like by any means. Yeah. And this really like helped me to like, I don't want to say like cars because that's not true, but like it, it gave a thing that I had barely any sort of passing interest in a real like life. And uh yeah, I it's good. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, because anything that like gives you new perspective is something that I can always get behind. Yeah. Uh, the other docuseries that I watched was um, The Undertaker, The Last Ride. Uh, this one is really good. Uh, it's really great. And it's about his sort of march into his final match and the final phases of his career and what all that entails. Uh, and it starts with the uh, the end of his streak, his WrestleMania winning streak. It starts there and then kind of builds a case all the way up to um, where uh, where he ended his career at WrestleMania. I want to say thirty five. I could have that wrong. Um, it was, it was the one from 2019 or 2020, I should say, uh, that's where he ended his career anyway. Um, so I'm was never a really big undertaker fan. Uh, I respected the hell out of him because he stayed with one company for forever and was kind of a stalwart and all the backstage stories always said that, you know, he was one of these guys who would like constantly help new talent and was always looking to like better the business and stuff like that. And that's something that always is like really rang true to me. Like I, that, that's a, that's something that I will like always, it's something that really resonates with me like all the time. And, uh, so yeah, anyway, um, What was I saying? Oh, so yeah, was never really a fan, but like I respected him and stuff. Right. Well, this is a really kind of sad documentary because it really, uh, kind of details like this man who is well past his prime and He's trying to reach the highs of his younger self, but you know that he can't anymore. He can't go at it the way that he used to. And, you know, anything like that. And it's just really sad watching this, like trying to relive your glory days. Right. Uh, And it, you know, documentaries, they, they are trying to tell a story. You know, I, this is something that I, get in trouble saying to some people because some people are like, no documentaries are fact and blah, blah, blah. And like, I mean, they are to an extent, but also they aren't because they are trying to tell a story. Like that's just explicitly what they're trying to do. And, um, this one is trying to tell the story of, um, uh, the battle between the mind and the body. And, I don't know. It was really effective. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was really great. And uh, I think it's probably the best docuseries that um, the WWE has put out to this point. So where is this one? Uh, This one's on Peacock. Uh, Fuck. All right. Yeah, I'm not getting Peacock. Um, It's not anywhere else, I'm assuming. Uh, Not to my knowledge. I mean... I think I said it last week, the WWE had their own network, um, but they folded it in with Peacock for whatever reason. 
Okay. Cause this is something, so I think I, we kind of touched on it. It's, I grew up with wrestling, but then I eventually grew away from it. Um, but it's something that I really, really respect. And I respect him. Like he was absolutely one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, he, and there's so many reasons for it. Love. I, I love the stories that he was always intertwined with, but this is a man from like when he first started to when he ended, he was in the, he was in the business for, uh, 33 years. So that says a lot. Like that's it. Like imagine being with the company for 33 years. Okay. But then this man is taller than I am. He's six foot fucking 20, dude. He's goddamn tall. Um, and this, I struggle as I am with joint problems, back problems, whatever. Like being tall kind of sucks. Everyone's like, oh, I want to be so tall. No, you don't. You're going to be crippled. Trust me. But he's a someone that was in one of the most demanding sports, taking giant hits, jumping from God knows how high, landing, crushing his body. And he did this for 33 years and is still fucking walking around like a power champ, dude. Like he is something else. He's old. He's probably 60 at least if he's with the company for what, 33 years. Yeah. He's but super old. I don't, I don't remember his exact age, but he's definitely currently in his fifties at, at the very least. And that's crazy to me. Six foot, whatever at 50, 60 years old. And you're doing this kind of stuff, man. I don't know. I have a respect for people that can do that. I have a respect for these wrestlers who, yeah, the outcome of the events might be scripted because it's part of a story overall, but the action, like the things that you see happening, like sure they might pull punches, but that you can't fake a jump from the top of a cell or from the top rope of a ring. Even like you cannot fake that. That's your body impacting something hard. And he put his body through it, dude. So it's something I wish it wasn't on Peacock because I refuse to get it. But I mean, if it ever pops up on YouTube, I would love, I would love to see it because he, he was someone I was always admired with. Yeah. Why do you refuse to get Peacock? Um, that's a whole thing that we shouldn't go into right now. Cause it's going to waste <laughs> a lot of time. Jeez. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, remember how I used to say fuck AT&T? Yeah. All right. Fuck Peacock. Okay. Fuck Peacock. Um, yeah. Austin, uh, you said that you didn't want to talk. So, I, I assume about what if, uh, yeah, uh, I'll save that for later. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, if you, if you, if that's the one you want to talk about, then go ahead. But uh, if if that's not it, then no, no, it's cool. It's cool. Okay, that's okay. cool. All right. Well, <laughs> Suicide Squad. All right. In that case, we both watched Suicide Squad. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about it? I was super skeptic going into it because I think every movie DC has put out, uh, as far as their like extended universes completely god fucking awful um but this movie was really fucking good i actually liked it a lot um one of the biggest reasons i didn't want to see it was because pete davidson and john cena were in it and those are two people that i cannot fucking stand john cena was actually really fucking funny in this movie um uh there's one scene in particular that like really fucking had me glued to the goddamn screen and, uh, uh, mm, I don't know. Mm, it's not really a spoiler. Uh, it's pretty much just Harley Quinn in a hallway, just 
killing a bunch of armed guards, but she's having like a hallucination while she does it. And instead of blood squirting out, it's just flowers and rainbows and cute shit. <laughs> and I really fucking adored that scene. And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go too much in about it because uh, Josh is going to talk about it and he's the cinephile and he can say everything that's good much better than I probably can. Um, but it was a good movie. I definitely don't think it's better than Joker. I think you're wrong on that, but it is a good movie. <laughs> well, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so the Suicide Squad, I should say. Uh, this movie is so much fucking fun. I really, really like this movie. Uh, it never takes itself overly seriously like the one from 2016 does uh, or like mm. Batman versus Superman does or like any other DCU <clears throat> movie. Did. Pretty much anything post, uh, you know, Nolan trilogy. Um, Except for maybe Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. Shazam really was kind of it, its own thing. Super fun and, mm. and also didn't take itself crazy seriously um but yeah i like there were things in this that i it actually pokes fun at the 2016 uh suicide squad and i think that's fucking hysterical like it's a sequel also a reboot and is like sitting there making fun of the thing that it is like being a sequel of and also rebooting and like, I don't know. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but there's like Austin was saying with the opposite of that Harley Quinn scene, uh, it never takes itself seriously or not. That's not what I meant to say. Jesus Christ. Uh, it is just <laughs> full of destruction and violence, and that's pretty much from the word go. Like, it has a whole, like, wink, wink, uh, like, hey, we're killing off all the characters from the first movie that are still around. And, I mean, I guess that's a spoiler, but, like, I mean, it's the first it's 10 minutes of the too. movie, so... But yeah, it's gory as shit, dude. Like I, yeah, I was not expecting it to go that hard in the gore department. Yeah. It was pretty fucking nasty. Oh, it was. Uh, I kind of loved that it went like that. Like, yeah, I did because like that's what the Suicide Squad is to me. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's yeah. blood, guts, and shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, it's the name of the team is the Suicide Squad. Can we please make the title of this podcast Blood, Guts, and Shenanigans? Yes. 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 Thank you. Because <laughs> uh, that was great. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the the other thing that I really loved about this is that it took like these, I mean, they're worse than like B tier. They're like C, D, E, F tier like villains and yeah. made them like awesome. Like John Cena you're right. He steals the show. He has never been better. He is so good in this. He's fucking hysterical. Honestly, yeah. And uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but David Dastmalchian. Oh, I yeah. hope I didn't fucking ruin that. Um, really, I love him. He's a bit player in a lot of stuff. Uh, like he was. Uh, 
He was the guy that Harvey Dent uh, catches and tries to interrogate in The Dark Knight after the shooting of... Um, the one with the really freaky weird eye, eyeballs and he just looks sweaty. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's in, I mean, he's in a ton of things. Um, mm-hmm. But he's a really great character actor and he really gets to shine in this movie as Polka Dot Man and I loved it. He He's fantastic. Uh, if, if John Cena stole a show, I <coughs> think that he kind of like was second in command of that whole thing. Uh, yeah, Polka Dot Man was really good too. Yeah, and, and the I mean the acting across the board is really good. Like I I mm-hmm. really think that I mean I didn't like the 2016 Suicide Squad like at all, but I liked um what's her name? Uh oh my god, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Uh and then she was she was great in Birds of Prey. And she's excellent in this. Joel Kinnaman is fucking awesome in almost everything he does. And he's doing it again as, as Rick flag in this one, Idris Elba. I mean, come on, it's Idris Elba. Uh, like dude, he did fucking great in that. movie. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, the acting God. across the board in this is just, it was very good. Very, very. Good. So do you think the reason for that is because James Gunn had like free reign over it? I think so. Yeah, this was his child. Yeah. See, I haven't seen it, but I want to because he's at the helm. I didn't mind the 2016 one, but from what you're saying, this is James Gunn at his finest. Well, has anybody has anybody figured out the the Guardians uh, Easter egg that he said he planted there that nobody's found yet? Uh, I don't really pay attention to that sort of shit, to be honest with you. Really. I only do in like comic book movies and shit like that. Uh, anything else, I don't really care. But yeah, uh, little Dylan asked me about that the other day, and I was like, "Dude, I like I'm focused on the story that the movie is trying to tell, not the eighty thousand things that they've put in there as references to other stuff. Like that kind of stuff, I don't really care about." And I feel like, oh, I lo- every time I watch a comic book movie, I go on YouTube and like look up a compilation for that specific thing. Uh, I mean, that's totally fair. I mean. Everybody seems to do that. I just, this is me being pretentious film nerd. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Tell me your story. Don't tell me that you're a part of something else. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, I don't know. But I, I asked a question, but what, what was the question? Just, is it as good as it is because James Gunn is at the helm and he had free reign. Like this was his baby. Um, I, I think so, because if, if you look at like everything that was said about the 2016 version, it was studio inter- interference like uh, David Ayers has has gone on record as saying like they took his movie and just butchered it. Yeah. Do you see elements from his directorial style with Guardians in this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There, and yeah. This honestly might be his best looking movie. Uh, from oh, shit. A, like. From a mm-hmm. directing standpoint, like, like he was, like Austin was saying earlier, that sequence with Harley Quinn near the end of the movie, where like it's just flowers popping everywhere and it's like bubble gum and like vibrant colors in your face. Yeah, it's so fucking pretty. And then there's, there's, I mean, there's 
the one of the opening scenes of the movie is like all the characters coming out against the backdrop of the American flag. And that shit is so fucking hysterical. Like that shot mm. is really, really funny. But then they kind of do, do like a reverse of that near the end where all these characters are walking through this like fucking torrential downpour and it's just white and these silhouettes of these characters coming through it. And I mean, this, I really think this movie is stunning to look at. And it, it really reminds me of like, I mean, I wrote it down here. It makes me feel like I'm watching a comic book. Like, yeah, yeah, it's very good. Uh, <clears throat> he really outdid himself. I, I really think that he outdid himself with, with this one. Um, the only other thing that I, I wanted to point out is like, uh, James Gunn has always had, this thing where he likes the outsiders. He likes the, the weirdos that nobody does. And like, he kind of brings about the whole, like finding your place and finding your family. And like, that's something that he has done in uh, all of his movies, including like, uh, going back to slither and, and, uh, Scooby-Doo even, I, I mean, he didn't direct that, but he wrote Scooby-Doo. Right. And, this one hits a, on a lot of the similar themes of, of his earlier works. Uh, but this one really struck me as him kind of, I don't want to say lashing out, but really taking out his friend frustrations on the whole, like him being canceled thing. Because if you look at almost every single one of the characters here, they are, they have this thing where like hurt people hurt. So like you see hit like uh, Idris Elba's character at the beginning of the movie lashing out at, at his daughter to try to be like, I'm a bad guy. And like underneath, you know, they're not, they're not a, he's, he's not a bad guy. And none of these characters really are to their core. They just, they're fucked up people, you know? And mm-hmm. like, the core of this story is, I mean, obviously it was it was him, you know, taking out his frustrations with that that whole stupid ass situation, but also like is was really about overcoming trauma and overcoming these things that make you think that you are a bad person and maybe even like overcoming bad things that you have done because the the core arc with Idris Elba's character is the fact that he kind of goes from this guy who is like, I am a bad dude and I never wanted a family and this was thrust upon me to the end of the movie. He's saving his surrogate daughter who is rat catcher, you know, from, from, uh, the, the bad guys. Right. I mean, like that's what it ends up being. And that I, I just really loved everything about the story that it was trying to tell. Um, it's not perfect. It has its flaws. Like I think a lot of the, the main characters are really, or not the main characters, but the, the villains are really one note. Like they don't have a whole lot of dimension to them, but I, I mean, I'm not, I'm hard pressed to find something that I dislike about this movie. Mm hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's really good. Really fucking good. Still blows me away. Um, I I looked it up, found the Easter egg. The chick that played Mantis has a cameo. That's like the big. Oh. Mm. Now I'll probably watch it at some point this week. We actually, I wanted to watch it last night before the podcast. We tried to play it on HBO Max, and it just simply would not. It's the only thing that wound up not playing. I don't know why. That's so weird. Um, it is weird because we tried everything and it just everything worked, but that one did not. So it's unfortunate, but I'll probably watch it by uh, this coming Sunday because I got this weekend off. I'm excited for it. And J- Josh kind of enticed me there at the end because, you know, he's saying that these people aren't really bad people. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, they're fucked up and they have trauma. And I feel like why this movie is so good is because it's almost relatable. Is that right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's exciting because you, I don't really find that in a lot of uh, cinema, but let alone a comic book movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool to find that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people can kind of find, you know, relations with like Batman. You know, he lost his parents, but did your parents die by a gunman in the alleyway and they're billionaires? And, but did, but like Spider Man, you know, he lost his uncle. That one's a little more relatable um miles morales stuff like that but to to hear that it's like now we're watching a group of bad guys and these are the relatable ones like that's pretty cool man that's that's enticing in its own right oh yeah 100 percent agree um but uh let's get on to our main topic um so on one of our previous episodes, we did something that was a little bit of fun where we sat down and crafted our own stable of studios from which we would create our own fictitious game publishing company. And on another episode, we sort of crafted our own horror game from story mechanics and then laid out for everyone as a result from, sorry, from the story to the mechanics. Uh, I saw that and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Anyway. And then laid that out for everyone as a sort of Halloween present. Well, uh, recently in our Discord, one Justin Ruiz, shout out to that New York asshole. uh, (laughs) What a pretentious dick. (laughs) Pretentious piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) He posed an idea that sort of melded those two ideas together, but with like a twist. Uh, this is something that we are always talking about in the discord and, and even between ourselves, uh, we all love music and are, you know, like I said, constantly talking about it. So why not throw in the addition of having a musical artist provide the music for our fictitious game? So that dear listeners is what we plan to do for you today. Uh, and, and also if you want to join us on conversations like this, join the culture, Bob discord. It's true. Uh, this is stuff that is happening all the time. Literally. It's either that or the pretentious Dick posting nice pictures from his New York skyscraper looking out. It's fucking great. Or where he's on a boat because he's a rich person. (sighs) Right. And just can have all this fucking free time. I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, But this is a topic I've been excited about, man. Justin, the whole time. (laughs) Uh, but it's exciting because we actually get to kind of this is a, this one was something fun because we get to construct the game like you're talking about. But I feel like the music always ties a game together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, sure. oh God, I've been I've been waiting for this. Yeah. Uh, so uh, is there anyone who particularly wants to start? Yeah, I'll fucking go first. Let's man. do it. Uh, OK, so everyone knows that. I, I'm, I'm a FromSoft guy. That's just, 
I'm even with the PS5, like that's I know it's not fucking from soft. It's blue point. Shut the fuck up. Demon souls. Like that's where my heart's at right now. Um, I love the souls franchise and everything that they have to offer, but to coincide with that, I'm also someone who greatly enjoys high fantasy RPGs. So of course you think of Skyrim, you know, there's fucking elves and cat people and all this shit. Um, and that's really where my heart lies it's it's just getting lost into a fantasy world but when it came to the music and sound it's like i didn't really know if i wanted to do like a like a modern day artist or some kind of band or that's you know sort of thing or if i wanted to do something from a video game that i know would be really outside of the realm of possibility with what i w- would want to create so what I've come up with, it's a high fantasy action RPG developed by FromSoft with a soundscape brought to you by Marty O'Donnell, the composer from the Halo games. Um, all of this will culminate into like a dark and gritty high fantasy uh, story and think Bloodborne meets Skyrim with a musical score coming from who truly i believe is one of the best creative talents in video game history and that's mr marty so he offers a rich sound that can pull you into the world that you're inhabiting and make you feel connected and impactful i think that's what made the halo games so special like that music you know the music everyone knows the music no matter if it's the intro theme or just imagine the final the theme from the final halo 3 mission you know it Mm. you can feel it so that combined with the fantastically creative from soft team could create a world in a setting that we all know very well that we have not seen before And I think it's the perfect trifecta and God, like I wish it was possible. I want to see this bloodborne style in an open world with all of like the high fantasy customs that you've known to come and love, but hearing his music playing overhead just to kind of put the cherry on the cake, man, that's perfect. That's, that's like dream. I, I would drool. This is, this is what I want. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's I. when I was thinking about this, I was like, I feel like Dylan is definitely going to choose some sort of action RPG with. Oh, yeah. With FromSoft. Like, I knew that immediately. But then when I was looking at your <laughs> stuff and it said Marty O'Donnell, I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Dude, he's he's really, I feel like undervalued, not just in terms of you know sound design and stuff like that but in terms of video game history like he's impactful like i know i just said it but it's like you know his music you might not know his name but you damn sure know his music you know what i mean um and he just he's so fantastic at what he does and just given creative freedom to try and create a just an overall sound design it doesn't even have to be the soundtrack by itself but just overall sound design for a game like this to get you into like this really gritty you know fantastic milieu of just 
just like an enriching environment. Like you, he could draw you in so well and he can do that with anything. He's, he's truly one of my favorite people. Um, when it comes to anything on, on the video game industry, he's someone that I've looked up to for a while and just remember him as a big part of my childhood, dude. So he was the first person on my list. I've always wanted, if, if, cause I think about this a lot. Like if I could create a game, what would I do? He's always number one for sound design, soundtrack, just all that stuff. He's fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> Austin, do you want to go next or do you want me to go? Uh, I'll go next. Okay. Cause mine will be quick. I didn't put that much thought into it. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I actually did. Um, so the genre for mine was going to be turn-based RPG, and I don't really think that's a surprise because that's kind of all I play anymore. <laughs> um, and as far as the studio goes, when I think of uh, an adult or mature-themed uh, turn-based RPG, like what I'm going for, uh, the biggest two names that come to my brain are Atlas and Square Enix, or whatever... Uh, other name under Square Enix would actually go there that does all that. I don't know if that's actually Square Enix. I didn't look too hard into You that. mean like their individual um, teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't look too deep into that. Probably should have now that I think about it. But, <laughs> oh well. Um, so, the I, I like, I, I spent ever since you proposed this idea, I'm every single day I've thought about it at least once. So I was like, fuck, dude, like Mm, I might not be a very creative person because I just cannot fucking come up with anything. Uh, And then, like, while I was working today, like, it started to kind of hit me, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I started thinking about all these different ideas, and I was like, man, this would actually be a really cool fucking game. I would play the shit out of this. Um, And the premise of the game that I came up with was pretty much a uh, really dark, mature uh, story focused around a young man who has... Uh, very unexplainable powers, doesn't know how he got them, can't remember how he got them, and has no idea how to fucking control them. And the kind of, like, uh, powers or ability that, like, I was thinking of was uh, very similar to the way alchemy works in uh, Full Metal Alchemist, where you kind of, you know, he pretty much touches something and is able to kind of rearrange rearrange it on a molecular scale and turn it into something completely different. Um, I thought that was a really cool idea for like a, a modern day uh, superpower almost. But because he has this power, uh, he is pretty much do- uh, been doxxed by a uh, corrupt and sinister organization that works with law enforcement. And they're trying to find him. He's pretty much on the run, been on the run for most of his life after discovering he had these powers and is kind of trying to come to grips with them and figure out uh, figure out what he's supposed to do with them. And uh like when I thought about that, I, I thought about the uh, the music for um, the uh, Persona series. I thought about uh, Shoji Maguro, who's the uh, uh, he does most of the composing work on the majority of the Persona titles. And I thought about like the kind of the kind of soft rock and like heavy jazz influence he brings into all of those games. I felt like that kind of uh, theme track would be perfect for somebody who is on the run and gets in high tense situations and shit like that. And yeah, I thought that was really cool. I I would play the shit out of a game like that. That sounds fucking dope to me. 
I figured you would pick at like how Josh knew I would do FromSoft. Yeah. I knew you would do Atlas. I'm actually shocked about the Square Enix side. I didn't anticipate that, but the Atlas, I was like, yeah, this man's lived in nothing but Persona this year. He's <laughs> it is like engraved into me at this point. I'm I've, right. I've been playing Persona Three the whole time we've been recording. I think like you got the Vita now, like a whole new world of possibilities has just opened up, but it all confines down to Atlas. But that's still cool. I mean, it sounds cool. Stuff like that I can get behind. It's kind of why I'm interested in Persona. Like it, it's just interesting enough for me to be interested in it. Mm. What the fuck was that sentence? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's interesting enough for me to be interested. In exactly right. Um, I feel that. But no, but no, I, I like your idea. It again, it's just interesting enough. For me to be interested in it, honestly. But yeah, that's it. Cool. It was really quick. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that sounds awesome. Um. All right. So mine. Uh, I had a really hard time deciding what I wanted to do. Uh, because I had several ideas, and like there are several studios that I just adore. Um, and I knew that like you guys would probably do RPGs at some point. So I kind of wanted to stay away from that, but I had a cool idea. I thought for a, uh, uh, a turn-based JRPG, but, um, what I ultimately ended up settling on was a third person action adventure sort of, uh, shooting game, uh, in the, in a similar vein to other games that my studio has developed. Um, that studio being Remedy Entertainment. Um, so think Control, think Alan Wake, think Max Payne, that sort of that sort of style, you know, the third-person action game. Um, and the band that I... See, the way that it was proposed in the Discord was that it, ha- it was like a musical artist, and I wanted to try to keep it within that realm. So I went with... God help me. Uh, I hope that I pronounce this correct. One Otrix point never. (laughs) They, or he, I should say, because it's a one-man band, is the band that did the music for Uncut Gems and Good Times. Um, And if you have ever seen either of those movies, they have these soundtracks that are kind of... uh, how do I want to describe them? They're so they're all they're synth based, right? But they're very like, uh, um, I don't want to call them noisy, uh, because that's not really right. But like, they're very, uh, I don't know, man. They're they're really kind of like atmospheric, and I mean, there there is stuff like noise in there. Like, uh, if you think of how something goes back to like, if you look at like my bloody Valentine, where there's like just a wall of guitars, if you know what I mean, like that, that sound is just like a wall of guitar feedback and stuff like that. Like, so there, there is stuff like that in, in this dude's music, but it's, I feel like, I don't know. It, it ends up feeling very, uh, I think I may have already said this, but claustrophobic. And uh, that really, really aided in the the two movies that 
uh, he did the um, the music for. Uh, the other one, by the way, there there was another one who I almost picked for this uh, disaster piece. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love disaster pieces music. Uh, he, uh, the guy who does disaster piece, uh, also did the music for um, it follows and. Uh, Oh God! What's the name of that movie? Uh, Under the Silver Lake, and both of those scores are really fantastic. Um, anyway, so yeah, my idea was to have that band work with Remedy on the third-person action adventure game, and I wanted to set this in the Control multiverse. Um, I've been thinking a lot about Control since you brought it up, uh, Dylan, and yeah. I definitely want to go back to. Um, uh, I definitely want to go back to that game and play it again. I really love it. I, I swear to God, people, if you haven't played Control, fucking play Control. It's so good. Um, uh, excuse me. Sorry, I was burping. Anyway, so my idea <laughs> was to have it focus instead of just a singular focus on like one person. I wanted to set it on a a team of people, and all of these people have similar, not necessarily powers that are exactly similar to Jesse's in control, but I wanted to have them have powers similarly to Jesse. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know another way to yes. phrase that, but, um, but but I didn't also want it to be like a team thing. I wanted to have them split up uh, and have stories that interweave and kind of take narrative threads off of one another, similar to something like alpha protocol. Um, so basically you have this team of specialized agents trying to fight off a threat. Uh, and this doesn't have to be necessarily a control sequel. So it doesn't have to be the hiss, but something along those lines, right? And uh, I also wanted to have it set in something that was inspired by Blade Runner. So like a really high-tech city. Uh, and I wanted to have it bursting with like color and personality and have it like be like a, if you think about the Order 1886, but set in like 2086 and it's LA instead of London. And it's like, does that make sense? Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, like, I just, I had this idea to to set it like that. Like, just have a, a team of Jesse Thadens going on uh, a mission in this bustling metropolis. And uh, their stories intersect and weave in different ways. Um, and, yeah. I thought that that could be a hell of a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, that's 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 my idea. It, I didn't really think of a story. That sounds really cool. But I, you know, no, I like the premise though because I'm trying to think because I feel like how you the thing that hooked me was how their stories are supposed to intersect um, in different ways. I feel there's a game that's like on the tip of my tongue that I feel like did that really well and I cannot remember it, but from the control multiverse like perspective i'd only played it for a short amount of time um i'll probably wind up getting it on the ps5 truly um it was something special because i i haven't really played a game like that and 
I was going to let that game go completely under my radar until it was just free. So I tried it and it really hooked me in. So I wish I could remember the story or the game that I'm talking about, the intersecting stories, but I cannot remember it. Is it like a Resident Evil 6 thing? Like how there's like lots of different perspectives that you're playing as just, you know, not shitty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah, that seems really cool, and especially, like, all the different powers. So you're saying, like, they're going to have powers similar to Jesse, but they're, like, entirely different, right? Yeah, yeah, like, I don't, like, I want them to be like Jesse in that they have powers, but each of them will have their own unique powers, and they don't necessarily have to be the same powers that she had, if that makes sense. So is it, is this strictly... I'm just because now you've got me hyped for a game that's not going to fucking come out. But I'm just asking, like, would you eventually like how how do you think is this maybe a co-op type game or is this strictly sto- single player story? Uh, I was thinking that it could be either way. That way, if I and this would take a fuck ton of development. But like if you right. wanted to, you could potentially have the story play out at once with say it's a four four person cast of characters where you have four people playing cooperatively through their individual missions you know on their own machines but their their stories intersect with yours and you see them happening and that that sort of thing um <sighs> see this is what I'm fucking talking <laughs> about like now I want to play the shit <laughs> dude i i am not a game dev so i don't I mean, I, we should be maybe Honestly. uh i don't really know how much work that would take but i know it would take a fuck ton of work so um but that's that's fun though that's why this episode's been so great because this shit's never gonna happen ever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but it's it's fun to fantasize and something if if i missed the part where this was supposed to be like actual real world not real world. That's fucking stupid. Marty O'Donnell's real, like <laughs> actual like musical artists that were supposed to be producing uh, music for our games. I do have a backup in that regard, and it's I would prefer there be no lyrics if they chose to do it. Like still just make their music just lyricless. But I'll take it either way. Um, for my game in particular, it'd be Periphery because I think they're fucking great, and I think just a little you know metal. Periphery. Metalcore background. Oh, so good. Thank you. Like, over like a high fantasy, gritty, gothic RPG, that'd be kind of fucking cool. So that's my little side pick. Marty O'Donnell all the way. But if we're, if we're getting like actual band type of groups or artists to go in there, periphery for sure for me. Peripheries. Oh. I've seen them twice and they are just amazing. Yeah. I mean, thank you for validating me. You're welcome. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. I mean, wow, <laughs> we did it. We, yeah. I mean, we did something. I don't know if we did it, but I feel like it was going great until we just awkwardly stumbled into the transition. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do best. You know, you know I don't know how to do this stuff. Transitions. Uh, that's I'm, fine. I'm the worst kind of. Uh, so, are we just going to cut all of the games we've been talking about uh, or playing? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um. well yeah let's i mean let's get into the games that we've been playing Uh, okay i don't have much to say um about the first two so i'll knock them out you told me i was gonna love some ender lilies right yeah um 
So I need to reiterate uh, a couple things that I said about this game. Uh, not last week, but the week before. So this Metroidvania action adventure platformer from a new studio. Uh, I didn't write it down this time. It was like live wire and something. Um, but the art direction here is so good. I just watched the trailer. I mean, this, the art direction in this is so fucking good. It's so good. Uh, the music is also very, very good. I straight up had the other day just tracks from this stuck in my head. Like, and, and it was just there like, and it would not fucking go away. Um, the combat in this still feels awesome. It, uh, takes a sort of like, uh, approach where your abilities come from, um, these spirits that you get and, uh, they kind of do the fighting for you. Um, so something that I had said the last time that we, I was talking about this, the map I, I thought was kind of cool. Cause it was like node based and like it made you learn each level that you were in, uh, that sort of thing. And so you, to an extent, yeah, that is cool. Like that, I mean, it makes you engage with the game on on a different sort of level, I think. Um, and learning the world that you're in is a very cool th- thing. But it really does very little for me when it came back to me having to go back and find things that I had missed or utilize the new powers that I had gained to like, uh, go back and get, you know, new items or get to even different levels of the game. Right. Like I, I just, that really annoyed me on like a different level because that's one of those things that like, you should get this right before you finish your game. This is, this is a very like get this right. And, and and it's a little thing, right? It's like, it's a very small thing, but if you nail this, your game is fucking golden. Um, I feel like they didn't nail this and that really annoyed me. Um, so another thing is, I also said the last time that this game is more forgiving than dark souls. And it, it is, um, it's still really fucking hard. Uh, and I really feel like that could be, uh, I mean, it's appealing to some people like you'll, you'll love it. Dylan, you'll, this is the kind of shit that you'll fucking eat up. Um, yeah, that, I'm excited about it. You like when games like fucking choke you out and spit in your mouth and shit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! And and this game will fucking do that in its boss battles. Um, but I really feel like it is not good for newcomers to the genre of Metroidvania, and they just see the art style and think, "Oh, this could be cool. I can play this." Like, you're going to get your fucking ass handed to you. I just want you to know that going in. <laughs> um, I'm excited. Uh, there's Okay, so, and there's another thing that I... It, this is a really small thing, but it, it really does bother me 
And like, I, I don't want this to come across as sounding like a nitpicky sort of thing. I, Cause I, I mean, I guess it is, but like, this is again, one of those little small things that you just got to get right. The clock on this game fucking sucks. <laughs> I like knowing how long I've played something. I don't know why, but it's just one of those things that like ticks in my brain where I'm like, I like knowing that I played this game for, you know, 52 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. This game does not stop when you pause it. It does not stop when you go to the home screen of the Xbox or anything like that. It runs the entire fucking time. And my final play count, uh, like my final clock on this was something like 56 hours. There's no fucking way I played that game for 56 hours. There just isn't. Like, (laughs) I I may have, like, maybe 40, like, really pushing it, because I did get the 100% on this. Like, I I got all the achievements. Uh, But, like, that was really pushing it. Like, there's no fucking way I spent close to 60 hours in this game. Um, And that is something that just really fucking annoys me. Um, But... Anyway, that all said, uh, this is a top five game of the year for me so far. Uh, the atmosphere that it gives off and its visuals and the music alone are pushing it into something that I think is really memorable. Like, do th- there's something I didn't talk about in the music and that probably could. Like, when you get to the end, like, e- each little area, I know I talked about this last time, has its own, like, unique musical sort of theme to it. But, like, when you get to the end and you're coming to, like, there, it feels like the music is pulsating like a heart. Like, it's just throbbing. And, like, there's one little area right before the final boss battle that is just dead silent. And, like... Even that, like just knowing when to use the music to add to the atmosphere is something that like, dude, games just don't fucking do this. They really it's like when I talk about movies and like the the color thing, like movies just don't fucking use color. Games just don't utilize their sound properly. Sometimes it just is like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, the atmosphere of this game is fucking awesome. The lore is really cool and actually like towards the end starts to tie back in with the plot that you've been going on, which is really cool. Uh, like, you know, Dark Souls is very lore based and like you learn about the world around you, but not necessarily like the plot that you're going on. Well, this one ties both of those things together in a really fucking cool way. The combat's fun. It's fluid. Uh, it allows for a really like a lot of really cool customization. Um, th- this game for me is a must play. It's again, it's a top five game of the year so far for me. I, I think it's stellar. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's a fuck. I have Ghost of Tsushima on the list. I have that on the list now. I have a long list of shit to play this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin yeah which one do you want me to go with first why are you asking him just pick just one pick, okay just fine on you. Jesus Christ um, okay. alright I'm gonna pick for you alright so let's go with <laughs> so um, Gundam <laughs> Battle Operation 2 
It's pretty fun. Oh, all right. It's a lot more fun than I expected it was going to be. Um, but so I uh, I played this game for the first time back at like the end of 2017 when I got a PS4 for the first time. I made a Japanese account, downloaded it, used Google Translate to get through the menus to change the fucking language. And I played it for like a hot six months, non-fucking-stop. Um, and then I just never fucking touched it again, mostly because that PS4 decided it wanted to take a shit and not work anymore, and then it took me a long time to get another one. Then when I finally did get another one, I still didn't download it and play it again. But I saw the other day that they uh, made a PS5 version of the game, because the game is a it's a free-to-play uh, PlayStation exclusive and I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'm down for that. Let's see what they changed. And oh my god, this game feels so much fucking better than it did on the PS4. And I don't know why. I couldn't tell you specifically what they changed, but it just plays better. The mobile suits just feel so much better. Um, the whole premise of the game is it's it's uh, uh, it's mostly just a team deathmatch. Honestly, it's just five v five. Uh, you rack up points by shooting down, uh, obviously, uh, enemy team mobile suits, or you can also earn points by actually exiting your mobile suit and flying around the battlefield with a fucking jetpack, trying to hit checkpoints and plant bombs at enemy bases, but better hope nobody fucking sees you, because if they so much as touch you, you fucking die. You just, you're dead. You explode. Um, but it, it's, the game does a really good job at... They, they wanted to make the mobile suits feel as kind of realistic as possible. So uh, unlike uh, a lot of Gundam anime, uh, you're not like moving fast and making all these quick turns and, and doing like like human style limb movements that a machine this heavy just genuinely couldn't fucking do. Um, no, this game is very fucking grounded. You turn very slowly. You attack very slowly when you use a melee weapon. Um, and there is a lot of room for error, and that's kind of what I think I like about the game so much, is, like, if you're in a firefight with another player, and you switch to a melee weapon, and you miss, you're dead. You are fucking dead, because you fucked that up. You have to be very precise about when you're gonna switch weapons, when you're gonna try to reload a weapon, and when you're gonna try to move in for a melee attack, because if you fucking miss, you're dead. Um... And I really enjoy that. Also, the, uh, the PS5 version has haptic feedback, which is fucking awesome because, like Josh has said, I'm pretty sure a lot of PlayStation developers are just never going to fucking use this. Um, so it's good to find a game that actually does, and it feels really good. It works really well. Uh, the My biggest complaint about the game is it uses a gotcha system to unlock mobile suits. Uh, If you don't know what that is, it's basically just a big pile of fucking microtransactions. Uh, When you get mobile suits and other materials like uh, add-on armors or or additional weapons, uh, you get them through supply drops. Uh, One supply drop, I think, is like three tokens. Uh, Ten supply drops is 30 tokens. However, these tokens, one token is the equivalent of one U.S. dollar. So anytime you want to do a supply drop, you're going to drop a dollar, or if you want ten, you're going to drop thirty. And I kind of think that that's, I, it's a gotcha game. They're all actually kind of expensive a little more than I feel like they should be, and that's honestly my biggest fucking complaint about it. They piss me off, but luckily I, I've managed to go, to do pretty well in this game and not spend a single fucking dime yet, so... We'll see how long that fucking lasts. 
Yeah, cool. Um, well, uh, Dylan. Hey, why don't How's you going? go ahead and tell us uh, some more about uh, Ratchet and Clank? <clears throat> I wish I had a whole podcast to just delve into this game. Truly, um, start one. I fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just a whole episode dedicated to it because there's so much I have to say, and this kind of got added, not necessarily last minute, but I had a whole list of things to talk about with the other games I play. But since I got the PS5, I didn't really get a good chance to sit down and put thoughts on paper to this. But truly, man. It has worked its way into my top five uh, favorite games of all time because it does so much right. First off, this is the only game I have ever played in my entire life where when I start playing it, my jaw actually dropped. Like I can I've been impressed by games before, but I've never had something that I can remember just truly make my jaw drop. And this did it. This did it almost immediately. Um, to see the power of the PS5 harnessed inside of this is absolutely incredible. The fact that Ratchet and Rivet, I can see the their fur. Like, what the fuck is that? That's so detailed, man. And I've never, I've never seen something like that before. But. Just going even further into that, the story truly captivated me, and I love the elements that you can see that it just really focuses on friendship, and it's it branches off into so much like of like so many different subcategories of friendship, like all the trials and tribulations, and just overcoming hardships and stuff like that, and it does such a good job at telling this really beautiful and intertwining story all while exploring worlds that just truly draw you in. There's like no two are the same and they're all so rich and vibrant, man. Like you can just go from one side to the other and be completely blown away by what you see throughout um, the entire time. And sometimes the things that really got me were how you wound up like traversing these levels they're massive this isn't like a traditional platformer it feels so much more open this almost felt like an open world game at some points just because of how big these uh maps were but like getting to fly around on this pterodactyl looking thing was really cool just to be able to navigate and get from one side to the other and there's plenty of places for you to land and explore but then also going beyond that, and then you get to unlock like these rocket boots that carry you from one side or the other, and you can just use these throughout the entire game, and it's so much fun. You can explore these giant maps in just under a few seconds, and it never feels like you get tired because it happens so quickly. It does such a good job with it, man. Um, I just, I could literally go on forever about this game. It does so much right. It's so beautiful. It's just the right amount of time too. like it doesn't feel too short, nor does it feel too long because I think the channeled what they needed to within the story. And then there's tons of side content that you can do as well. That's something. Yeah, there's plenty of side content, but it's not too much to dissuade you from playing. It's not too much to, 
you know, take away your motivation. It's just enough to keep you interested. This game does everything right. And I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. Um, I look forward to going back and trying to platinum the game. I think I have 13 trophies left at the most. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's it's just a good time, dude. And truly, hands down, no question, game of the year so far. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. Um, it's in my top five for me. Uh, we'll see once you play Ender Lilies how, how our views... Yeah, I, I do. It's it's an exciting year because I actually have a lot of the stuff that I was excited for got pushed back, but there's still a lot of great opportunities to be had. Like you said, with Ender Lilies, that just came out. Ratchet and Clank just came out. Um, there's another one I'm forgetting, but there's a couple of other things at the end of the year. Like it's going to be a fun like last half, if that makes sense. Like the first half of this year kind of went slow, but now we have a lot of great opportunities and I'm super excited for Ender Lilies. Yeah. Um, sure. Ratchet and Clank, though. Good game. It's, right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, well, my um, my next game was one that I talked about on our last episode. Uh, this one was... Um, this one is uh, called Death's Door. Um, so this was the isometric action-adventure game, kind of thinking like Zelda which was acid nerve. Uh, I made a point to state that acid nerve was a two man team. Uh, and I think that that's amazing. That still really amazes me. Uh, I don't know how two people, I mean, I think I've said, I think I said this last time too. I, I don't think that it was exclusively two people. Like I'm sure that there were people who were providing different art assets and, you know, things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, it, it's still two people wrote, directed, and developed this game, and that's stunning. Like that's fucking crazy. Talk to me. Um, uh, this game is real good. This is another one that easily jumped into my top five super quick. Uh, I so the animations and the art design on this are really stellar. Like they feel like they are everything in here feels like it is cut kind of from the same cloth um even though each area is very different and unique um and the i i think i said it last time the animations are so just charming and really quite beautiful um like the when you roll as the little crow character, like you see little feathers popping up or uh, like e even the roll itself is really like super smooth and flush. And like, it doesn't look like a crow should be able to do this, but it's doing it. And it just like, it puts a big dumb smile on my face. Um, the combat is really, I, so I watched skill ups review of this after we had talked about it. Uh, well, not necessarily after we had talked about it, but like after I'd beaten it and, uh, he said something to, that really did not resonate with me at all. He said that he thought that the combat was overly simple. Uh, I don't think that that is the case like at all. Um, there, 
my my complaint with the combat is more that the um the enemy designs don't really do the the game justice because the enemies see, feel like they are just I I don't want to say carbon copies but like they're this same exact thing with just like a different paint job if that makes sense um and that can be a little frustrating uh because the rest of the game is so fucking like just good <laughs> um but th- he had said something about the combat not being uh particularly good because it's like this same three button presses or whatever and like yeah it is the same three button presses but that doesn't like just because it's simple doesn't make it bad if that makes sense um and that's kind of how I felt. I really felt like the game, like the simplicity of the combat worked for me. Um, and like the story that it's telling is really nice that there were moments in this game that I just, I started tearing up, man. Like I was like, this is really like, because each time you defeat a boss, there's a little like, funeral uh thing for that character and when you dig into the stories of these characters like it's really kind of sad man like because a lot of this stuff is about i mean it says it in the title right it's about death but like the story of like a couple of these characters is just tragic because they are characters that are literally they are trying to stave off death because of the grief that they felt from the passing of others. And like, I kind of felt that every time that they would die and it has a lot to say about the inevitability, inevitability of death. And like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I thought that this game was really wonderful. Um, the only thing that I think I gathered new from the, since the last time we talked is there's no map in this game. So that makes exploration a little frustrating. So, um, like there are five, five different weapons that you can get. And then on top of the five different weapons, there are, I think a total of 20 collectibles. And then there are also upgrades, um, for like your health and for, uh, each one of the individual items that you get. Um, and it made going back and trying to find those a little bit harder than it probably had to be. Um, but, uh, I mean, I already put up, pointed out the, the enemy design and, and how it's kind of similar or whatever, but, um, I don't know, man. This is this game's great. It again, it it's brand new and it's already in my top five of this year. And that was not something I was expecting when I, um, when I started playing it. Um, real good game. Hell yeah! It looks really fucking good. Oh, I dude, like just the look of this game, just like Ender Lilies alone should should sell people i feel like yeah but um yeah anyway good game 
Go check it out. Looks very good. I probably will check that out before the end of the year. Uh, Austin, go ahead and tell me about your other one. Yeah. um, So, well, I bought a Vita. And I, like, I've been wanting to buy a Vita for a couple months now. But I was just like, "Mm, I don't really know if I'll ever use it all that much. And they're starting to get kind of high. Don't really feel like dropping, you know, $200 on a handheld that I probably won't play all that often. And then I saw that Persona 1 through 4 is available on the Vita. And I was like, okay. And I instantly bought a fucking Vita. Um, And so I've been playing uh, Persona 3 Portable. And, oh boy. Um, This game really should just be called Depression Portable. Because this game is very sad. It is very dark. It's very And it's very fucking sad. Um, So, uh, again awfully fucking dark there literally everything in this game is a symbolism for death it is somewhere um like the opening the opening cutscene right before you load up the main menu you get this beautiful fucking almost anime opening cutscene and uh hidden in the background in a lot of the opening is the term uh memento mori which is just latin for remember you have to die and that's kind of the whole premise of Persona 3 is just death. Um, basically, every night uh, between the hours of 12 and 1, uh, there is something called the dark hour. And during the dark hour, pretty much normal people are turned into coffins and they're completely unaware of what's happening around them. But there are people who aren't affected by that, and those are considered the people to have the potential to summon personas. Um, I really like that's kind of been my favorite thing about the three Persona games I've played so far is every single one of them, they they reference and use Personas differently. Um, it's all, you know, normal turn-paced combat, but, like, the method of summoning Personas are completely different, and it always ties into the theme of that specific game. And I really fucking appreciate that. Um, like, with Persona 5, they when they take their masks off, it summons their Persona. In Persona 4, they just crush tarot cards and it summons their persona. I think that's really fucking cool. Um, In Persona 3, they use a tool called an invoker, which is pretty much a pistol that they put up against their skull and pull the trigger, and that summons their persona. Um, the, The whole pretense behind it is basically the moment they put that gun to their head and they pull the trigger... They are accepting the realization of death, and that that feeling is what allows their persona to manifest. And I I'm all about this game, dude. I fucking love it. The only the only gripe I have with it is this, and it's only with the portable version specifically. Um, I really kind of feel like I'm shafting myself playing the portable version because I really feel like it's not the best way to experience Persona Three. Um, the biggest difference between the PlayStation, the two PlayStation Two releases, and the PSP release is to kind of accommodate for the PSP uh, being a quote unquote weaker system than the PS Two. Um, instead of having in all the slice of life sections and st- uh, like the school and the main town and the hub world and stuff, instead of all those being fully three D uh, rendered areas, they're reduced to vis- to like a visual novel type thing. You have a little clicker and you click where you want to go and you click who you want to talk to and that's that's kind of it. And I just it kind of that specifically really breaks the fucking immersion for me a lot. 
Um, it makes me want to spend way more time in the dungeon than, than like I'm actually supposed to. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and play the, the PS2 version eventually. Um, I just wanted to play this one just so I'd have the, you know, the base story for persona three, uh, under my belt. The cool thing about persona three portable is for the first time and only time in the franchise so far, uh, it gave you the ability to play as a female protagonist, which kind of altered the story a little bit. Um, I didn't want to like read too much on spoilers for the story, but apparently there is a character who's supposed to die in the story. But if you play the female, the female version of the story, you, you have the ability to actually save him from death and it kind of alters the rest of the game after that. Um, so I'm really stoked to do that. I'll probably, whenever I get through playing it, I'll probably do a new game plus run and do the, um, uh, the female character story. Uh, also, this game is really fucking hard. To me, this game is actually much harder than Persona 4 or 5. I am struggling in this game way fuck, way more than I was those two. But um, it's really good. I, the, I, I, they also took away the, uh, the anime cutscenes. Those aren't there anymore. Uh, when you start the game for the first time, instead of getting an anime cutscene, you get like pretty much screenshots of said anime cutscene that's supposed to play. Um, and then every other cutscene after that is replaced with just really outdated CG models that don't look fucking good at all. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice in playing this version of the game, but for whatever reason, uh, a, a lot of fans of Persona 3 consider Persona 3 Portable to be the superior version of the game, and I don't really see that. But I'm super excited to finish it. I think I'm like 15 hours deep. So I've only got like 60 fucking more to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to play through all five games before the end of the year. I, I did Royal. I'm working on three, then I'm going to play four and then I'm going to go back and play one. And then the duology of two. Oh, hell yeah. So hopefully that's six. That'll be six brand new titles under my belt. And that'll be all I've done this year because they're also goddamn. <laughs> yeah. That's you're playing true. fucking hundred hour games. <clears throat> I'm so mad. Like, uh, cause I, I, every time I go to start a new game, pretty much no matter what it is, I, I go to fucking how long to beat just to see how much time I'm about to put in. Same fucking same dude. It's not even funny how relatable that just was. Dude, I do it every, every game that I download. Time. I'm seriously, because, Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious dude every time i'm like shit i don't have a lot of time this week can i beat this google fucking how long it takes to beat ratchet and plank did it 15 hours boom got it done like every time that is hilarious dude and i i I looked up all the persona games the other day and it was like persona one was like uh apparently it's only like 25 hours long i was like oh cool you know maybe you know both of the uh persona 2 games will be you know 25 30 hours long nope both of them clock in at a little bit over 80 so does three and four oh <laughs> and persona 5 royal clocks in at about 110 so okay well it'll be a good year of persona for you <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really hoping uh a cup uh, i think it was a month or so ago uh this year is the 25th anniversary of the persona series overall mm-hmm. and uh atlas pretty much dropped a big bombshell saying that they have seven persona games to announce that they will start announcing in September of this year. And the announcements will run periodically until September of next year. 
and supposedly one of the biggest leaks and rumors is that a full uh in a full remake of persona 3 in persona 5's engine is going to be one of those big announcements so that'll be fucking tight. I hope that that's real because I would play the shit out of that. Yeah, uh, and I also saw that they're uh, supposed to be, or supposedly going to be talking about Persona 6. Oh, yeah, they've, I'm, they've more or less confirmed that it's in development by, I mean, you can go online and they've put out fucking job hiring specifically for development on Persona 6. So it, it's they're, they're working on it in some form or fashion. Um, I went on the website. It's all in Japanese. But I went on like the the special 25th anniversary website and they have all the announcements in like a block, but all of them are like grayed out with like a question mark, except for the very first one that just says 929 slash 21. And it's like bright yellow. And when you click on it, it's got like TV fuzz. So I'm like, that's a Persona 4 announcement. They are definitely going to do something with Persona 4. Hopefully it's a switch port because that'll be good. Hopefully it's a port to just anything. <laughs> everything it's, it's only on pc and and the vita right now which sucks for people who don't like pc game or yeah. own a vita honestly yeah i i can see them probably doing what they what they're starting to do with uh shin megami tensai and start bringing some of these older uh persona games just straight to playstation which would be fucking awesome but who knows who really knows I, from what I know, they're try, from what I can tell, they're trying to keep Persona PlayStation exclusive, and they're trying to keep uh, they're trying to keep Shin Megami Tensei as a Nintendo exclusive. Which I don't know. I just feel like that's really dumb. Just put them both on both. Why does it fucking matter? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fuck it. Probably has <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> um. You know, Xbox did get a Persona game. Do what now? Xbox did get a Persona game. I, they got Persona, uh, the 360 got Persona 4 Arena. Oh, get the fuck out. Go fuck yourself. All right. Hey, those games are canon. Dylan, tell us about Spider-Man. Hey, boo-boo. So here's the thing. Okay. So Ratchet and Clank made it to number four on my top five games of all time. Spider-Man made it to number five. This is my third time playing this fucking game. So <laughs> Same. I feel that. Yes. <laughs> and it didn't necessarily take three times for me to get it but for i don't know something about this playthrough i told sabrina this is like a dream come true to me i said that multiple times um i grew up with spider-man he's my favorite superhero of all time i read some of the comics growing up uh, i obviously watched the you know the 90s animated series the best animated um, series and uh yes like all, the Raimi trilogy, you know, I, I love all of these. It's been a huge part of my life, but something about playing it this time. And I don't know if it's because it's on the TV that I have now, if it's on the P PS five, whatever, I don't know. But I found myself just smiling and being like, this is, this is literally a dream to me. And I just really paid a lot of attention to the story this time. I appreciated it the first two times I played it, but Man, spoilers, but the ending of this game fucking sucks for, for Peter. Um, and, you know, the true, true ending, like, you know, he's at least smiling three months down the line, but Peter loses a lot in the last bit of this game. He loses a father figure, you know, 
Otto was someone he admired and truly loved and he loved his brain and all of that. He, he saw it disintegrate right in front of him. Like he saw Otto's mind literally, you know, crumble. And then at the end, when he's making the choice to help him or walk away, I mean, it's, you can hear how much of like a crushing moment that is for him. And that was horrible. But then almost immediately from that scene, it transitions over to him having to choose between saving May's life in the one moment by utilizing the medicine to help her or not giving it to her, watching her die, but saving everyone. This is the last family he had. This was someone that meant so much to him, just like Otto, but he made the ultimate choice and the ultimate sacrifice and he lost her too. So it, it really hit hard, man. And this is, I can effectively say through watching every movie I've ever watched, every TV show, every game I've ever played, I don't think I've ever truly cried, but this one it made me tear up, dude. Like I, I started choking up too. And it was, it hit hard, dude. It's one of the, the saddest endings to a video game because yeah, you won, but you lost so much in the process. And I think it's truly one of the best told Spider-Man stories that we have in terms of, you know, entertainment and especially interactive entertainment. Like this is, I truly feel like the pinnacle of Spider-Man games. It can't be beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited to play Miles Morales. That's why I played this again in the first place. And I'm so glad that I did. No, it's not going to count to the 20 games, uh, you know, that I've beaten this year. But it, it just, it it just latched, I latched onto it, I guess I should say. It was uh, just a beautiful experience. And I, you know, sitting there and just thinking of, we had that conversation a few weeks ago of have the top five games of all time altered and they hadn't, but then all of a sudden, boom, in the same week, I have two games that have just kicked in the fucking door and made themselves sit comfortably on my top five comfy couch. And, you know, Ratchet and Clank took four and then Spider-Man takes five. Dude, it's just, I've had such a great time with it. And such Miles Morales is next. Yes, it is, man. I... I, I'm like halfway through the the remaster, and the only reason I just can't play any more of it is uh, I played through the game entirely twice last year in the span of like a month. I feel that, dude. Like it's so good. Did you get all the collectibles and all that shit? All yeah, the DLC. I did. See, that's what's so. I by the time I was even like twenty percent through the game, I had collected all the backpacks. That's just yeah. something fun that I love doing. Uh, like getting on the little police stations and stuff like that. Like, that's fun, man. I don't know. It's just, it's fantastic. It always keeps me entertained and I never get tired. I do not fast travel. I just swing through the city. Same. It's so much fun. Yeah. I don't even know why they put a fast travel option in the fucking game. In the right. Game first like, place. it's so fun just speeding through the city. The city? <laughs> city. The city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zipping through the city. Uh, but like you can really just get the flow going with the web slinging and mm-hmm. the perfect timing on a lot of the jumps and launches and stuff like that. It's just fantastic, dude. I, I don't know why I didn't let it break into the top five before, but it's it's there now, dude. I wish uh, I wish with the remaster that they would have fixed the uh, the input for uh, doing tricks while you're in air. Like they oh, yeah, it's a little Morales. that's a little stiff, right? Yeah, it's. 
it's just uncomfortable because I think it's you have to hold triangle and O at the same time to do in the in in the first Spider-Man game, but in Miles Morales, you just hold down square. That's so much fucking easier. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I think because it's a little stiff, I don't use it enough. Yeah, so I never I, use it. Yeah, I just like zipping. But then in Miles Morales, I only do tricks when I fucking swing because that's it's pretty just cool. So, no, I'm excited. Easier. It 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 honestly just genuinely feels so much better to do uh, tricks while you're web slinging in Miles Morales than it did in the first Spider Man. Well, I'll probably uh, sacrifice a couple of hours of my life tonight after this we'll, just get like three hours of sleep in place of miles morales that's fine miles morales is only like an eight hour game that's fine let's just do that then no sleep let's do it <laughs> Fuck it. stay up all night <clears throat> huh? uh yep real good games uh both both <laughs> um i got one more that i'm going to talk about uh i'm only going to talk about it briefly because i have barely uh put any time into it and i've mostly just been fucking around and that is Microsoft Flight Simulator. So uh, this is free on Game Pass. And uh, my God, this game is fucking stunning. It This is one of those games that like, you know how uh, you were saying earlier that I've been saying for what feels like forever now that you there is not a reason to own these next gen consoles. Um, yes. I still tend to believe that. Uh, I don't think that you have to have these consoles. Uh, it is cool if you do, uh, because there's some really cool shit out there. But, uh, like, you can play those really cool games on other hardware. Uh, this is one of those games that you can't. You have to play this on PC or... Excuse me. Uh, you have to play this on PC, or you have to play it on the Series X. Uh, well, I've heard that it runs pretty okay on the um, the Series S. I don't have one, so I haven't been able to test it. Um, but yeah, um, this game is fucking beautiful, dude. Like really fucking pretty, and it is. A, an actual marvel that they got this game to look the way that they did um i i don't know how the fuck they did it not not on the uh like on these consoles and i know that these consoles are like super powerful and shit but like bro like this is like some pc level shit on a fucking console and i was blown away by it to be just completely and utterly honest with you. Uh, I did not expect this game to look as good as it does. And the fact that it plays as good as it does while also looking that way is really something else. Um, anyway, getting that out of the way, uh, the tutorial of this game, uh, cause so you can basically from the beginning, you can just go in and you can be like, yeah, I just want to fuck around and fly shit and it'll let you do that. Or if you really want to like get into it and like start learning like what flying's about and all that kind of shit, it gives you like these really dense and really well, like, uh, I don't want to say rounded, but like these really like nice 
tutorials that kind of really actually show you how complicated flying actually is. Uh, and I think that that's really fucking cool. Um, the fact that you can hop in though is, and just play is really helped by the AI. Um, like the AI will just straight up, like if you want to, you can have it just fucking, uh, take over for you. Like you, it'll just fly. Like you can just have like a hop, basically pretend that you're on a flight to wherever the fuck you want to go to and just go and just stare at the scenery around you. It's fucking crazy, dude. Uh, this is a technical Marvel. It's not one of those games that I am probably ever going to play more than, uh, an hour or, maybe even 30 minutes in a, uh, in a sitting. Um, but I, I mean, this game's fucking cool. It's really fucking cool. Okay. Stupid question. Cause I've never, I don't think I've ever played a simulator game outside of like goat simulator. Is there a way to beat the game? Uh, no. And, and that's what okay, I'm saying. It's literally like, I don't, just, I don't know. Like, okay. Th- this is one of those games that like, if I'm ever feeling like, yeah, I just kind of want to do something that's not like a competitive shooter or a single player game, but I don't really know what I want to do. Fuck it. I'll just go around okay. and I'll fly to fucking Japan today. Like, <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I've done that. And I actually crashed into the mall of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it doesn't like oh, actually straight up look like the mall of Georgia. It's just a big kind of like building. But yeah, I it's exactly where it should be located. And I found it and I fucking rammed a plane into it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, You're on a list. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, dude, it's it's super fucking cool. Um, If you guys have Game Pass, check this out. It might actually be on PC Game Pass now. Um, It wasn't when it first launched. Uh Oh, uh, I, I think it might be there now. I'm going to check. Yeah, I am. T- I immediately brought it up because I'm ready to crash some. Uh, <laughs> don't don't, don't do that. Right don't do that yep. to yourself. Nope. <laughs> oh, Lord. Is it on there? Did you check? Um, currently. Well, while you... It's fun you there. check on that. Oh, um, All right. Well, I know what I'm downloading. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to our picks of the week. Uh, And I'll go ahead and I'll start. My pick of the week is a video from, I I think this is pronounced Zyger Gaming. Um, And it's called the Lunar uh, Complete Series Retrospective. Uh, This was a video that I just kind of happened upon. Uh, It got recommended to me. I had never heard of this channel before. It's a little bit of a smaller channel. I think it's only got like 86,000 subs. And uh, I was like, huh, that's cool because I fucking love Lunar. Uh, Let me see what this is about. And it's it is what it says it is. It's a full on breakdown of the uh, series and kind of like where it got its origins and what the games are about and stuff like that. Uh, And 
to that end, it's pretty cool. If you've never, like, I know I've talked about these games specifically on the, um, uh, on the podcast before, but if like, this was like, if you heard me talking about them and we're like, huh, I wonder what, what this is. Maybe I should check this out. Uh, whatever. This would be a great primer to do so. Um, that said, I do have a little bit of a few criticisms. I don't feel like it goes deep enough into like what these games actually were and like what they did for like people like me, uh, where it really like, I mean, final fantasy opened up my love for JRPGs. Right. But like, this was one of those things that kind of like helped cement that for me. Um, so yeah, Anyway, it's a it's a good video though. Uh, I I recommend it. Um, go check it out. Oh yeah, yeah, Austin, go check it out. I will check it out. Um, but before I check it out, my pick of the week is an album called Creatures by a band called Motionless and White. Uh, Motionless oh. and White is just a super super little gothy scene metalcore band, and I fucking adore them for that. Terrible. Shut up. Um, I've been, I've been listening to them a lot over the last couple of days because, uh, Madison and I, uh, both being crossfaded as shit, uh, bought tickets to them impulsively Saturday night to go see them on September 25th. So I'm super fucking hyped for that. Cause that's, I don't think don't I've got hype. It'll be canceled by COVID. Oh, shut up. Don't say that. <laughs> I'll be so mad. Well, I'm, I guess then I get my 80 bucks back at least, but. Yeah, then you can buy a game. Yeah, you know what's going to happen, calling it now. Don't. Why would you do that to me? I am just stating facts. <laughs> but uh, I think that they're super good. Uh, Creatures was their first like full-length uh, release with a record label, and I still think it's their best album. Uh, for two songs in particular, uh, the first song is called Immaculate Misconception, and it's literally just about how you have these super bigoted Christian people that look at people like Motionless and White, and they automatically assume that their music will send you to hell and you worship Satan and fucking shit like that. When obviously that's just genuinely not the case. It's just fucking music. Get the fuck over yourself. Uh, uh are you sure the other song is worship uh, Satan? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I didn't say me. I, just <laughs> met them. I didn't say me particularly. There's a reason why there's a pentagram flag literally directly behind me. Um, but, Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah. It's, it's right there. Um, uh, the other really good fucking song on this album is called Abigail. It's still my favorite song by them, and it is literally just a song written about the Salem Witch Trials, and it's really good. Well, fun fact, Abigail is the best girl in Stardew Valley, so there's that. Oh, is she? Uh, wh- yeah. Which she one's eats the go- amethysts. Which one's the goth one? Abigail. Oh, all right, then, yeah, you're right. As soon as I started up Stardew Valley, and I was like, well, guess I'm marrying this goth bitch. Yep. <laughs> Love it. And her name was Madison. It is true. Oh, boy. All right. So I actually enjoy when I get to have a game for my pick of the week. So if you have a five, PlayStation 5, I said a five like it was some hip thing that everyone just calls it the five. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you have a PlayStation 5 and you have not played Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart yet, <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice. Play the fucking game. You have tried so hard so many times in this podcast to not just go on a tangent about Ratchet and Clank. 
I need an episode. <laughs> God damn it. It is such a good game. Well, maybe you and Josh can do a spoiler cast episode. Yeah. You need to play it too. <laughs> I, I, I will when it goes on sale for sure. Okay. Respect that. That's fine. Money. <laughs> I get it. When you get your money back from your tickets, then you can buy it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do really want to play it. It's just that it, it's a platformer. So it's putting me off from dropping the 70 bucks. I'm telling you, it doesn't feel like it half the time though. Yeah, it's But didn't crazy. you say it's like 15 hours long? Yeah, you, that means you can beat it this year since you're only playing Persona. <laughs> that's, too, that's so hard to justify for $70. No, it's totally... It was uh, it made it to my top yeah, five. Yeah, I don't that's really fair. believe that's in the fair. whole time equals money equation that a lot of people no. do. Because it was 15 fair. hours to go start to finish campaign. There's so much other shit that I can go and do now. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's a fair point. Yeah. Anyway, recommend it. I'll go we'll buy play it. Right Actually? No. Oh, great. Awesome. Probably wait till Black Friday when I know that bitch is going to be on get sale. Get tickets back. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop Hunting Pixels and the Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Twitter <laughs> at culture underscore pop. It's on Instagram at culture underscore bop, on Facebook at the culture bop, and uh, on YouTube, where uh, I have been promising this for months, but it is very near completion. Uh, a video will be coming. Uh, go to youtube.com and just search culture bop because uh, we don't have that custom URL yet. Uh, you have to basically get uh, meet a threshold that YouTube sets up uh, before you can get that. But, uh, yeah. So, go subscribe. Yeah, so go subscribe. Yeah, honestly. Um, You can follow this. uh, For now, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. You can find me on Twitter at the Bebop Man 182 on Instagram at Bebop Man 182 and on Twitch at the underscore Bebop Man. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on Google Plus. No, I'm just kidding. Actual <laughs> fuck. And on YouTube <laughs> at OMDizzy. Uh, Austin, the man in the hour, is on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays. And he's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and finally on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Uh, finally, this is uh, the little thing that we do usually every month. Um, if you're looking to support us, uh, there are a couple different ways that you can do that. The first uh, and most uh, uh, best way, really, is for you to get our name out there. So if you like this podcast, do us a favor and do a couple things. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast feed on your podcatcher of choice. Then uh, share a link with, uh, with your friends who you think might be interested. And finally, if you really, really, really just love us, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash culturebop 
and toss us a pledge. We are offering some very cool perks. And once we start hitting our goals over there, we will be able to bring you more and better content. Um, this is what's stopping us from having a ratchet and clink episode. We don't have enough money. So, yep, that's it. That's all it is. That is the only thing that is stopping us. So step it up. <laughs> all you in that $5 bracket, start hitting that $10 bracket. Yeah. Move up a little bit. Do it. Give us your money. Give us your hard-earned money. Not just your time, but your money as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, just the money. Yeah. <laughs> But that was it. That was the end of our show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will catch you again next week. And until then, goodbye.